0: And the title of my message today is Time of Betrayal. This is part two of a two-part series. In part one, last week, we talked about uh, the word, no stone unturned, that the Lord gave me. That was a very intense word. I'm going to read it to you again for anyone who did not hear it last week. And also because I think we all need to hear this one again. And realize that if you're going through these things, that you are not alone. And then I think, you know, it will make a lot more sense why I wanted to do this two-part series on betrayal. No stone unturned. My children, the enemy of your souls has sent assignments against you, the church of the end time. Realize these assignments are far more widespread and intense than his usual attacks, since you are those who will lead the last souls to salvation. The spirits of jealousy, offense, and division have been sent against all of you who spread my true gospel. Assignments of strife have also been sent to stir up pride and bring division. Jezebels are being assigned to those of you doing the most damage to the kingdom of darkness. Much betrayal will take place in this time. Assignments of pain, lack, and sickness have been sent to deplete my true church's resources so they cannot continue their work. You will see many of my churches close in this season due to these things and the increased persecution of my people. Assignments of apathy and discouragement have been assigned to those not fully committed to hold them back as well. The enemy has left no stone unturned in assignments against my church, and my people in this time and I can tell you I can confirm these assignments not just against me but just about every single strong Christian I know all the ministers I know including myself are all fighting attacks of pain sickness betrayal I'm not sick but I've, I've had pain in my body betrayal relationship issues and finances my own pastor just returned to church just yesterday this is thursday march the 3rd as i record this thursday night and two or three of us have been hit hard in finances in relationships everything is just hard right now and and people my friends uh people that i know and my friends have come to me or called me and emailed me and said what is going on why do i feel so sad and they're weeping and they're like i'm tired i don't understand what's going on And what it is, y'all, is Satan is attacking us. He's hitting us with everything he's got. He's just hitting us. And the attacks look different depending on who you are and what your calling is. But I believe with all my heart that the Lord is going to strengthen us as we move forward. He's going to empower us to finish this race. So just hang on, you know. It's just just hard right now, y'all. So we started talking about how betrayal is a test we are spiraling towards the end we are so close that like I said I feel like I need to deep clean my house and be ready to leave for heaven I'm not even kidding y'all about that either we are seriously on our way out so whatever you're going through just keep hanging on okay we also talked about how very few people walk through life without suffering betrayal at least once and a lot of people suffer it way more than once The Bible tells us a lot of stories about betrayal. We talked about Judas Iscariot, that's the ultimate betrayal. One of the original 12 disciples who betrayed Jesus and caused him to be crucified. And last week we talked about, we started talking about some of the faces of betrayal. And the first one was Satan, that's the fall of the prideful. And a haughty spirit always precedes a fall. Uh, We talked about Cain and Abel being betrayed because of jealousy over your acceptance and their lack of it. We talked about King Saul and David being betrayed because of jealousy over a more popular public opinion. You know, King Saul became unhappy and very jealous when he realized that people's hearts were with David, not with him. Public favor is power. And Saul knew that. So he thought if he could kill David, he could keep the people with him and keep his kingship. But he did not count on one thing. The anointing of God was on David. It had moved off of Saul and it was on David because Saul had done something that God had told him not to do. And it was also the Lord's will for David to become king. So, This week, we're going to continue looking at the faces of betrayal and more betrayal situations. And I wrote about all of these in the Judas test. And we are reviewing these because I want y'all to think on the various ways betrayal can come at you in this time. Not to make you apprehensive, but to make you aware. We face a lot of the same type situations the disciples faced, I think, after Jesus was crucified. Only we are facing them as Christianity is ending and it's, and as persecution is arising against us really strong. Instead of as it began and persecution arose. So just something to think about. Here is something else for y'all to think about. I am hearing from those I know who also walk very closely with the Lord, at least four people so far, that the Lord is telling his people that this is all about to end for us and we will be taken up soon. So there's something for you to rejoice about. Although it grieves me and my heart so bad to think of going ahead to heaven and my kids not being with me. That hurts me so bad. I mean, I love my grandchildren too, but, um, it grieves me to think about my children not going. You know, I want my kids to be with me. Anyway, um, we can't change those things. They only they can change that. I don't know about you, but all this makes me pray even harder for everybody I know that is not saved yet. What do y'all think? I mean, that's that's the effect that it has on me. So another thing that I personally just heard is that the Lord is about to deal with the reprobates. So if you have some reprobates on your prayer list, I know I do, get ready. They are either about to get a lot better or a lot worse. Let's talk for a minute about what a reprobate is. Reprobate, which appears about eight times in the King James Version, according to blueletterbible.org, is translated from the Greek word adokimos. And let me read you the outline of the biblical uses of adokimos. I hope I'm saying that right. Not standing the test. Not approved. Uh, apparently it was something used when they were talking about metals and coins. That which does not prove itself such as it ought. Unfit for. Unproved. Spurious. Spurious means false or fake. Reprobate. Clearly Reprobate is not anything we ever want to be. Let me read you several of the verses about reprobate so you can get a good picture of what it means because I want you to get a good understanding of this because there is a word coming out on my site tomorrow that the Lord gave me that explains about what he's about to do. Jeremiah 630, reprobate silver shall men call them because the Lord hath rejected them. One of the things that reprobate means is rejected. Romans 1.28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. 2 Timothy 3.8. Now as Jonas and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. Titus 1.16. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate. Okay, now we're going to go over each one of these briefly. Jeremiah 630 reprobate silver shall men call them because the Lord hath rejected them. The part of that verse that describes reprobate is that the Lord has rejected them. Okay, so a reprobate is someone that the Lord is rejecting. Romans 1:28 and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge now if you retain God in your knowledge it means you had him in your knowledge and you kept him okay but they did not want to keep him in their knowledge why because they're in sin when you are sinning you don't want to think about God you don't want to know that what you're doing is a sin you try to ignore that cuz it makes you feel bad and then you can't enjoy the sin so even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Okay, so because they rejected God out of their mind, he gave them over to that. And God tells us all the time, I'm going to give you over to your sin, you better stop it. 2 Timothy 3.8, Now as Jonas and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. Okay, they resist the truth. They have corrupt minds and they've turned back from the faith. They're reprobate concerning the faith. Okay, so you're getting a good picture here. Titus one sixteen. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him. What does that tell you? They are like, yeah, I know who God is. And then they turn around and they sin and do whatever they want to do. So they're saying, I know him. I know him, but I don't believe him or I don't love him enough to obey him. Being abominable, meaning they do abominations and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate those four verses right there Jeremiah 630 Romans 128 2nd Timothy 3 8 and Titus 1 16 paint you a very clear picture of what a reprobate is reprobate is somebody who knew God turned away from God doesn't want to think about God and is sinning they talk like they know God but they don't live like they know him. Can you say amen? Alrighty then. Now, moving right along. I wanted y'all to get a picture of that because that word that's coming out tomorrow on the site is all about reprobates and what God's fixing to do. More importantly, I believe the Lord wanted us to talk about reprobates tonight. And Most of us have at least one of them on our prayer list. I know I've got some. And there are people that i really want to see saved right here. and here is the thing about the reprobates it does not matter what they went through in their life if you happen to be a, a reprobate it does not matter what you have been through you have no excuse for staying in sin none of us do none of us do god offers us redemption he offers to cleanse us from all the sin and all the unrighteousness he promises he will help us to lay down sins Nobody has an excuse, and when you get to judgment, you will have no argument. There is no argument you can offer him that is going to stand up, because his word is the judge. Chapter 6 of the Judas Test talks about Amnon and Tamar. Betrayal because they want you. Tamar, and I'm probably saying, and maybe it's Tamar, um, was Amnon's half-sister, and he was in love with her. And he did wicked things to have her. In fact, he took advantage of her uh, without marrying her and ruined her chances of being with anybody else. He was, uh, Amnon was coached and egged on by his wicked friend Jonadab. So he pretended to be ill, and he asked if Tamar could, or Tamar, Tamar, however you say her name, could come and cook for him in his chambers to make him feel better and since she was his half-sister nobody thought anything of it and then he raped her so when he did that he destroyed her chance and any chance she ever had to enter into a respectable marriage he took her purpose in life when he did that it was a very cruel thing to do Absalom killed him I think two years later because that was uh one of King, King David's children So, sometimes, when somebody wants you, you don't want them back, it kind of drives them over the edge. I was going to read y'all some scriptures about that. And on top of that, y'all, Amnon hated her. After he did that and ruined her life, he hated her. He put her out. What? That makes sense. None of that makes any sense. That was just cruelty upon Cruelty. But in 2 uh, Samuel thirteen eighteen, it says, and it's talking about that happening, and then says, And she had a garment of diverse colors upon her, for with such robes were the king's daughters that were virgins appareled. Then his servant brought her out and bolted the door after her because Amnon had said, Kick her out. And Tamar put ashes on her head and rent her garment of diverse colors that was on her and laid her hand on her head and went, and went on crying. Yeah, I would have cried too. So he, Amnon, because he was a selfish, self-centered person who cared about nobody but himself, ruined her life to get something he wanted temporarily, and then he was done with her and cast her out like yesterday's newspaper. Okay, the next face of betrayal is they want something you have. And sometimes it is your ministry. Can you say amen? Naboth's Vineyard. Remember that? Manipulating circumstances and events to support their lies is a common tactic in betrayal. And at no time is it worse than when you are dealing with Jezebel. And that's who David was dealing with. Ahab wanted this particular vineyard because it was like right outside his back door. It was in his backyard. He said, I want that. And Jezebel said, oh, I can get it for you. But you're king. But I mean, I could do it. So she like gets these guys to lie and tell the story she wants told so that she can have Naboth killed for something he did not do to get that vineyard. Second Kings chapter 21 And it came to pass after these things that Naboth the Jezreelite had a vineyard which was in Jezreel hard by the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. And Ahab spake unto Naboth, saying, give me thy vineyard that I may have it for a garden of herbs, because it is near unto my house, and I will give thee for it a better vineyard than it, or if it seem good to thee, I will give thee the worth of it in money. And Naboth said to Ahab, the Lord forbid it me that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. One of the laws uh, when God gave all the land out was that they were not supposed to sell it. They were supposed to pass it, I think, to the next of kin. They were not supposed to sell it to strangers or to anybody that was not, you know, of their tribe. And so that's why he said the Lord, you know, won't let me do that. Um, it's forbidden for me to do that because it was forbidden for him to do that. And Ahab came into his house heavy and displeased because of the word, which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him for he had said I will not give thee the inheritance of my father's and he laid him down about his bed and turned away his face and would eat no bread so Ahab went to bed pouting but Jezebel his wife came to him and said unto him why is thy spirit so sad that thou eatest no bread and he said unto her because I spake unto Naboth the Jezreelite and said unto him give me thy vineyard for money or else if it please thee I will give thee another vineyard for it and he answered I will not give thee my vineyard and Jezebel his wife said unto him, Dost thou now govern the kingdom of Israel? Arise and eat bread, and let the, let and let thine heart be merry, I will give thee the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. So she wrote letters in Ahab's name and sealed them with his seal, and sent the letters unto the elders and to the nobles that were in his city dwelling with Naboth. And she wrote in the letters, saying, Proclaim a fast and set Naboth on high among the and set two men, sons of Belial. Which means wicked people, before him to bear witness against him, saying, Thou didst blaspheme God and the king, and then carry him out and stone him that he may die. And the men of his city, even the elders and the nobles, who were the inhabitants in his city, did as Jezebel had sent unto them, and as it was written in the letters which she had sent unto them. They proclaimed a fast and set Naboth on high among the people. And there came in two men, children of Belial and sat before him and the men of Belial witnessed against him even against Naboth in the presence of the people saying Naboth did blaspheme God and the king then they carried him forth out of the city and stoned him with stones that he died then they sent to Jezebel saying Naboth is stoned and is dead and it came to pass when Jezebel heard that Naboth was stoned and was dead that Jezebel said to Ahab arise take possession of the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite which he refused to give thee for money for Naboth is not alive but dead And it came to pass when Ahab heard that Naboth was dead that Ahab rose up to go down to the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite to take possession of it. Jezebel pulled a Judas tactic on Naboth to get his vineyard for King Ahab. Jezebel wrote letters to have him falsely accused and stoned to death. She wanted him completely out of the way and she used others to entice and murder him exactly what Judas did. Character assassination is one of the biggest weapons that are used in judas test betrayal so you must be aware of that they will bring the accusers to you and cast lying stones at you until your reputation is dead in the water so they can have whatever it is they want and you do not want to know what god does to people who do that betrayed because of your own sin samson The story of Delilah's betrayal of Samson in Judges chapter 16 is a classic tale of betrayal. Delilah did not even try to hide what she was doing but overconfident Samson thought he could handle whatever the Philistines could bring on but as it turned out he could not. I'm going to read to you from Judges chapter 16. Then went Samson to Gaza and saw there a harlot and went in unto her. And it was told the Gazites as I, I don't know how to say that saying Samson has come hither and they compassed him in and laid wait for him all night in the gate of the city and were quiet all the night saying in the morning when it is day we shall kill him and Samson lay till midnight and arose at midnight and took the doors of the gate of the city and the two posts and went away with them bar and all and put them upon his shoulders and carried them up to the top of the hill or to the top of an hill that it that is before Hebron and it came to pass afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and said unto her, Entice him and see wherein his great strength lieth. And by what means we may prevail against him, that we may bind him to afflict him. And we will give thee, every one of us, eleven hundred pieces of silver, which would have been a lot of money. She could probably retire. And Delilah said unto Samson, Tell me, I pray thee, wherein thy great strength lieth, and wherewith thou mightest be bound to afflict thee. And Samson said unto her, If they bind me with seven green widths that were never dried, then shall I be weak and be as another man. Then the lords of the Philistines brought up to her seven green widths which had not been dried, and she bound him with them. Now right there. You would think that Samson would go, wow, she's really trying to do this, and let me get away from her. But he was really overconfident in his strength, like, okay, well, whatever she brings, I can handle this. Now there were men lying in wait, abiding with her in the chamber, and she said unto to him, the Philistines be upon thee, Samson, and he break the widths as a thread of towel is breaking when it toucheth the fire. So his strength was not known. And Delilah said unto Samson, Behold, thou hast mocked me, and told me lies. Now tell me, I pray thee, wherewith thou mightest be bound. And he said unto her, If they bind me fast with new robes that never were occupied, then shall I be weak, and be as another man. Delilah therefore took new robes, and bound him therewith, and said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And there were liars in wait abiding in the chamber, and he brake them from off his arms like a thread. And Delilah said unto Samson, Hitherto thou hast mocked me and told me lies. Tell me, if thou thou mightest be bound. And he said unto her, If thou weavest the seven locks of my head with the web. And she fastened it with the pen and said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awaked out of his sleep and went away with the pen of the beam and with the web. And she said unto him, How canst thou say I love thee when thine heart is not with me? Thou hast mocked me these three times and has not told me wherein thou thy great strength lie. He may have thought this was a game. She might have been all flirtatious and, you know, and then she would sit there and stroke his face and he would fall asleep in her lap, you know. He may have thought it was a game. And it came to pass when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death, that he told her all his heart and said unto her, There hath not come a razor upon mine head, for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up this once, for he hath shewed me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and brought money in their hand. And she made him sleep upon her knees. And she called for a man, and she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head, and she began to afflict him, and his strength went from him. And she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before and shake myself. And he was not that the Lord had departed from him. He did not know that God's presence had left him. But the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with fetters of brass, and he did grind in the prison house. They took his vision, they took his reputation, and they took his freedom because he stayed in sin and ignored all the danger. That is a word for somebody the Lord just said. That is a word. You, have cl- you are clinging to your sin. You have refused to release it even though he has moved on your heart to let it go. And that there is danger there, you refuse to release it. And the Lord said, he is turning you over to your sin. Delilah's betrayal cost Samson everything. Her motivation was money. She sold him out for so many pieces of silver, just like Judas sold out Jesus. The difference in this story of betrayal is that Samson set himself up. He knew he was in sin. He had been taught right from wrong. He knew he was in sin. She even showed him she was betraying him and he ignored it. Now I can handle this. I got this. And in the end he didn't got it. Okay. He didn't have it at all. In the end Samson did not have it. And it cost him everything. He ended up dying because of that. Is it really worth your life? The Lord told me to ask that. Is it worth your life? Because that's what it's about to cost you. Is it worth your life? I don't know who I'm talking to. But the Lord's voice is so strong. Is it worth your life? Do you really like it that much? Because you can't get your life back once it's gone right. Samson fell in love with the enemy and so do we Any time we fall in love with a sin the pleasures of a sin if if sin wasn't pleasurable we wouldn't have any trouble laying it down would we but when you fall in love with the enemy you belong to him and you are serving him you become a slave to the sin and you are serving the enemy and God will give you over to it you know God is very long-suffering and he is very merciful but we are in the end of the end times and in these times all of that's gonna end and at some point you know every parent that is trying to correct you will keep trying to correct you because they love you and they they would rather that you learn because they would rather show you mercy than discipline but when you refuse to learn what do you get you get the strap across your little backsides what you get the Lord taught me something years ago when I was praying for somebody can't remember who it was now but he said whenever a child and he showed me you know like when a child is standing and they're they're messing around you know burners on in the stove you know when kids are little and you got to teach them don't stick your hand up there because that'll hurt you he said whenever a child refuses to come away from the fire only the fire can teach them what they need to learn think about that When you refuse to come away from your sin, at some point, only your sin and the consequences of your sin is going to be able to teach you what you need to learn. And that is exactly what is about to happen. You have chosen, so get ready. Because with God, there are two choices. And one is that you repent, which is what he prefers so he can show you mercy. And the other is that judgment falls on you and he has held back judgment from many people for a long time because a lot of us have been praying we all have our list of people that we pray for but now it's the end times and so it's time for the mercy to end and the judgment to fall you are making this choice yourself so when it falls you have no one else to blame but yourself that is a word for somebody If you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I would like to invite you now to do that. Um, It is a decision I never regretted. I will tell you that. If you have tried everything else and your life still isn't working the way you want it to. If you don't ever have peace unless you use drugs or alcohol or whatever. um, If you would just like to have a better way to live and know that when you die, you don't have to be afraid. That you're not going to go to a good place. I encourage you to do this because it doesn't cost anything. And you can always change your mind if you don't like, you know, when you get into it, if you don't like it. And he meets you where you are. He's not saying, oh, you have to be perfect and then I'll save you. No, he was perfect. So he does the work for us up front. And then as we fall in love with him, and you do when you get to know him. Then we want to change and we want to do better, and then He helps us do better. So all the way around, it's a good deal for us. You know, Romans ten thirteen says, "For whosoever in Europe, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved." So, it's saying you call upon His name. You don't call upon somebody unless you believe in them. We're saved by faith through grace. We're saved by the faith in the Son of God, okay, who died for our sins. In John 6, 37 says, all that the father giveth me shall come to me and him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. That means if you come to him, he will not throw you away. He will not kick you out. He wants you to come to him. And he's been waiting a long time for you to just give him a shot. You know, just try. If you know, (laughs) I ran so hard from Jesus, y'all, and everything that I was looking for in the world. He was offering me peace, joy, help with the bills, an easier way of life, hope. All of that came in the Jesus package. And I was out in the world looking everywhere for it, under every rock. I was looking for all those things and could not find them. I wish so bad that I had understood that when people were trying to give me Jesus, what they were trying to give me but the way they were trying to give him to me that was not what it looked like to me it just looked like a bunch of rules to me and I had come out of abuse in my childhood and abuse in the marriage that I was in and I was tired of other people's rules all right I was tired of them I did not want any of that I just wanted to live my life free and try to be happy I did not understand the rules that that the Lord has in the Bible are made for our benefit but He's not saying, oh, you got to follow all the rules. He's saying, let me love you. He's saying, let me love you. Just come to me and let me love you and let me help you. Let me save you so you don't have to burn in a fiery pit after you die for all eternity. Hell is a real place. It is a real place, y'all, but heaven's a real place, too. So if you want to join the Worldwide Family of God, I issue you an invitation right now. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. All you have to do is say, Jesus, if you can do something with my life, take it. You say anything you want to say to him. What I said to him was, okay, you got a plan for my life. Nobody had ever told me he had a plan for my life. By the way, he has a plan for your life. Nobody had ever told me that. And I said, if you can do something with my life, take it because I'm you know my plan's not working out all that great and then I just went from there and I started praying and I told him that night I still remember I said Lord you know what you and I both know because I was 36 years old y'all I was a full-time sinner I said Lord you know I got a lot of sin in my life and I'm not going to promise I can lay it all down at once I don't think that's going to happen that way I said but if you will show me one sin at a time what you want me to give up and help me then I'll give it up and that's what we did. And I told him, I said, I don't promise I'm never going to fall because we both know me. And I did fall. I even went into a, a backslide for a little while, months later, but I came out of it. And, you know, it's a journey. And it's most of all, it is a relationship. It is not a set of rules. He is a real person, it is a relationship with a God who loves you more than you can even comprehend. I still don't fully comprehend his love. I'm not sure that we can comprehend it. Anyway, if you just prayed that and said, you know what, Lord, I'll give this a shot. Welcome to the worldwide family of God. The retirement plan is out of this world, but the benefits while you're in this world are fantastic too. It'll be the best decision you ever made. That's all I have for y'all this week. Jesus bless you. Thanks for listening. Y'all have a lovely weekend. Remember what I said on this podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today to Just Praise Him Radio. You can contact me by mail at my new address, JPH Inc., Glenda Lomax. P.O. Box 60 Glencoe, Arkansas 72539 or by email at jphtoday at gmail.com. JPH is not affiliated with any nonprofit organization, church, or denomination. you ask anyone you know what the most difficult experience of their life has been, many will answer about a time of betrayal. All those called to walk the narrow path will, at some point, encounter Judas. How will you respond? Do you know how to recognize Judas when he shows up in your life? Can you keep Judas from bringing destruction to your life and ministry? How can you minimize what Judas costs you? Can you pass the test of absolute betrayal? Get your copy of The Judas Test, available in print and new audiobook, The Judas Test by Glenda Lomax, available now on Amazon.com.
1: Sold out for 30 pieces of silver? In Exodus 21-32, it is the price of a dead slave. In Leviticus 27, 2-7, it is the price of a live one. Jesus was sold for the price of a bondservant. Precious Jesus, the Son of God, the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings. Why did Judas sell his friend out so cheap? Does your life feel like it's falling apart around you? Are multiple things going wrong all at once? Does it seem all your comforts have been stripped away? You may have entered the wilderness. Wilderness experiences are oftentimes of great discomfort and lack. Every Christian must pass through the desert on the way to their promised land. Find out how to go from surviving to thriving by partnering with God as He leads you in the path that will strengthen your faith and prepare you to step into your destiny. The Wilderness Companion will help you find out why you have been led into the wilderness. Find out the biggest hindrances to receiving the provision you need in the wilderness. Find out what the seven temptations of the wilderness are. Learn how to partner with God in His purposes for you in the desert seasons. Get your copy of The Wilderness Companion today. The Wilderness Companion by Glenda Lomax on Amazon.com in print, Kindle, or audiobook.
0: Sidewalk Flowers Volume 1 is a collection of 58 short inspirational readings that will uplift, comfort, and encourage readers from every walk of life. Sidewalk Flowers includes inspirational tales and topics taken from the lives of everyday people who exhibited extraordinary wisdom, kindness, and courage while traveling the sidewalks of life. Get your copy of Sidewalk Flowers Volume 1 today. Available in print and new audiobook. Sidewalk Flowers Volume 1 by Glenda Lomax. Available on Amazon.com in print or new audiobook. There is no one on earth who has not been wronged at some time in their life. Everyone has a story to tell. Everyone has been hurt by someone. The pain you have suffered does not make you special. It is what you do with that pain that sets you apart. Life can make you bitter or it can make you better. You choose. The only difference between the two is the I.